Hi, welcome to the Overthinking Arsenal podcast. Please make sure to like, share and subscribe if you can. I hope you enjoy the episode. Here's the thing. I have a great many fears when it comes to my team. There are quite a few. The biggest one that lingers on my head is what what's Unai Emery's legacy going to be that he leaves behind. Um, And I fear that the biggest thing that's going to underline his legacy at Arsenal, albeit one and a half years already, is that he's going to have created heroes and villains of the players. And the players who are deemed villain and the players who are deemed hero, it's not going to be up to their play. It's all going to be based on decisions that were out of their control. Granit Xhaka right now is a villain. He's a villain by virtue of playing in a bad team and being favored within that team. He's a villain because through bad performances, bad team selection, bad overall play, He's been left out to dry. Ozil is a hero right now. Not because of how he played. But because of being left out and becoming a martyr. People forget how you played. People forget who you are. People forget all that stuff when you become a mythical creature that sits on the bench and is not allowed to play. It's taken as if it's a statement against Emery. And Emery being in the bad side right now, we need someone who's going to be on the other side. And Ozil is that person. Not because of his play. Not because of the chances he's created, but literally only because he's a martyr. Look, we knew Emery wasn't the guy from the get-go. But what Emery had when he came in was a fearlessness. I remember watching him during that unbeaten run that we went on and I was thinking, wow, he's he's a below par coach, but he's not afraid to take the chances we need to take. At halftime in every match, we'd see a different team come out. Yes, we didn't like it. Yes, we weren't sure what we were going to get on a day-to-day basis. But he came out, he set up a team, he saw that what he was doing was wrong, and he changed it. Our second half stats were amazing. But then, somewhere along the way, the fear gripped him. 
Personally, I believe that there's two ways to look at life. There's two ways to look at your job. There's two ways to look at whatever you're going to do. It's either you're making decisions based off of fear or you're making decisions based off of courage. Courage is standing by your style of play. Courage is enforcing your style of play or shipping out players who aren't part of your style of play. It's having an identity. That's courage. Do you know what fear is? Fear. Fear is going into games and you don't know what you're doing. Fear is watching players that are playing badly. But they make you feel safe. Whatever happens on the training ground influences what he does. And because he feels safe, he puts them on. Chance after chance after chance. And it's not that players haven't been punished. No, 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 no. Una has punished a lot of players. Ozil obviously is the outstanding one. But don't forget, Torreira is on the bench right now. We've been crying out for a defensive midfielder for years, decades even. And our best choice is sitting on the bench. Mustafi made a crap ton of mistakes. He was punished, still is. He's not in the the starting lineup, he's not on the bench either. At least be consistent with that. But no, 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 no. What's happening now is that there's a fear. Shaka makes him feel comfortable. Our backline makes him feel comfortable. He doesn't rotate. You know, I've been watching Arsenal this season and the one hallmark of what I'm seeing is that when he switches up the team, the players are hungry. There's a competition there. But they're not they're not in. They're not playing. Martinelli scored what five goals in four games? He's not playing. He's not starting. We saw what happened in our midfield up front when people were rotated. But no, it's a fear. It's a fear that you feel at every level of that club. You know, back in Wenger's days, I had fear. I had fear of Chelsea. I had fear of Man United. I had fear of Man City. I had fear of Liverpool. That's who I feared. That's who I looked at and said, going into this match, I don't know. Yes, there were some hoodoo sides. Everton with Lukaku were a hoodoo side. But for the most part, that's who I feared. I am not even mentioning Tottenham because we were always on top of Tottenham. But now I have a fear. Now I fear more than anything else. I fear going north to Sheffield, a newly promoted side. I fear Wolves, Nuno Espirito Santo, Jimenez, Moutinho, those boys, I fear that. 
We're going into a match in the next couple of weeks against Leicester. I fear that. I fear what Rodgers is going to do. I fear what Vardy is going to do. The list just keeps getting longer. Yesterday, I feared Wilfred Zaha. We feared Crystal Park, Crystal Palace. It's fear. It's all fear. You can feel it in the pit of your stomach before we go to play matches against Burnley, against Bournemouth. I'm unsure going into matches. As usual, yesterday, my girlfriend asked me, what do you think is going to happen here? So I looked at the starting lineup, right? I looked at it and I saw Tierney's in. And I was like, oh, okay, there we go. You know, obviously we have Papas and David Luiz and we have Chambers. Then I was like, oh, wait, Ceballos is starting. Holy crap. That's a, that's a nice little change. Then we've got Wenduzi and we've got Shaka and we've got Aubameyang, Lacazette. Pepe, Aubameyang, Lacazette were starting. We've been screaming for this. But then this thought crept into my mind. What if Zaha scores? He's going to be a problem all match long. We haven't exactly been tearing teams up. We started pretty well, two goals. But again, I thought, wow. And you know, the funny thing is the stadium can feel it too. So we scored the two goals, everybody was buzzing. But then there was a point where we just kept quiet, where the fans were quiet and were just watching football. You know, Andrea Chauvin once said, that playing at the Emirates feels like you're playing in a theater. He said it felt like, I'm paraphrasing, it felt like the supporters were watching you, waiting for something to happen. They were there to be entertained, they bought a ticket, they wanna watch this movie. He said it felt like they were disconnected. And that disconnect becomes an unease. Look at them on the field. In the beginning, we were playing so well. I saw pressing happening. I've, I've never seen that. When Zaha got the ball on the left, there were two, three players closing him down and he was quiet for most of the match. Then we scored the two goals. Oh my word. I, I didn't know what to do because I wasn't sure. <laughs> I hadn't seen a start this good in ages. But you know what happens? There's another fear that comes with Arsenal. The fear that, ah, we're going to lose this. The fear that at 2-0, it's not enough. At a drop of a dime, it's, it's, it can change. And that's exactly what happened. We scored the two goals, we were strolling, it was fun, I was happy, and then I felt it. Oh, here we go. And I think Palace felt it too. They started pushing and they were going for it. They could smell blood. I don't know how you smell blood at 2-0, but that's Arsenal. They were, they, were, they were going. And we had no answers. And, and 
we can talk about VAR and we can talk about look if I've created four goals we've scored three and then VAR takes away my one I'm angry but to rely on it come on it's no different to a ref we have to play And to be honest with you, the two goals only covered up our problems. The same old problem that we've been seeing every week, week in, week out. No supply up front. None. Who's supposed to play that ball? You know, at some point I was actually pretty happy. Uh, Louise played a ball, or I think it was Gwenduzi. Gwenduzi played a ball over the top to Oba I think it was and he couldn't control it I was like wow I've never seen that an early ball what was happening and giving him the, the credit they, they pushed a bit but then we got lulled into it again pass pass back pass side pass 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 nothing and you know what that does it releases pressure Oh, then we saw the real Arsenal. The fans were jeering. They were passing the ball around and passing possession, not going forward. Oba and Laka and Pepe had to drop deeper and deeper to try win balls. Crystal Palace were on the break and they were killing us. Same old script from the past few weeks. The two goals just papered over the cracks seemed like it and even that made me angry because look if we know we're not going to create we're not going to do whatever we've got two goals shut up shop we, we, we can't even do that what's a clean sheet and I fear that this is going to be Unai's legacy this is what he is. He's not a man manager. He can't handle egos. And again, goes down to the board. The board did this. They they were they are to blame. They didn't want a coach that's gonna rock the boat. Even now, watch. Nothing's going to happen. And if it does, it's probably going to be very, 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 very anticlimactic when it does. We're going to have to watch Jungberg jump in. And then they're gonna go look for some below par coach to come in. There's a culture, you know? You build cultures as a team. And the cultures start from the top and they go all the way through the bottom. And I'm sad that it doesn't look like our culture is going to change anytime soon. Stan doesn't care. Josh don't doesn't care. Raul doesn't care. None of them care. You know, when the Sheik bought Man City in, what, 2008? He was like, listen, my goal is to win a Champions League. Look, they haven't done it, right? Just yet. 
But you know what they've done along the way? They've won a lot of titles. They've attracted the best players. Pep gets to coach them. At Liverpool, same thing happened. John W. Henry and all those dudes decided, I, since we're not selling this club, might as well go for it. And they sacrificed, and they changed the culture, and they're winning now. Club goes there. It's a culture. It's a culture that goes through the whole club. Look at us now. Look at us fans, gooners. We're undecided. Oh no, Robbie. I give him until January. I, I'm Emery out, but I have to give him until January. Listen to that indecisiveness. This is what's happening in the club. Already we have infighting. You saw what happened with Shaka. Antagonized, antagonized, antagonized for months. Ends up just going crazy. And that's not fine either. He's our captain. That's not how captains work. And we see them. We hear them. They're always tweeting. They're always talking back. Just the other week, Patrice Evra was calling them children. And he came out and he said, nah, it's disrespectful. And Unai also spoke about it. And how he wants to be attacking. And how we're better. Then prove it on the field. I do not care for your statements. I don't. I do not care for your harsh words. Manly words. Winning words. But then you get on the field and we're watching a completely different thing. You see, even out of possession, even out of position, even out of your favorite place, even out of anything that you're doing right now, even if you don't enjoy playing where you play, you play with heart. You finish that game. I watched Ainsley Maitland-Niles at the end of the match with his head down, hardly chasing people. End of the 45 when he got taken out. Fight, man. Show something. Gwenduzi tackling... Zaha was possibly my highlight of yesterday's match because it showed that he was like, listen, I'm going to take one for the team right now. He can't score. But all we hear is words, fighting words. You know, if Shaka had taken all of that aggression and put it into the match, put it into his performances, it's a whole different ball game. But no, we get angry on Twitter. We get angry when we're walking off the field. Huh? That's that's what happens. We are fighting words when it's not the other team. Show me the fight against City. Show me the fight against Liverpool. Show me the fight against whoever. That's all I want to see. I don't even mind losing. But the way we lose, wow. Utter capitulation at the end of matches. And yet still, we have no style. We have no identity. We just watched Leicester ship nine goals. Past Southampton. Nine goals. We've seen them steadily progressing. We're watching Chelsea with Lampard. Within a transfer ban. Remember? 
They just sold their best player, remember? And they're doing the business. He learned, you see? That's who you give time. Show me something. But what do us fans say? Oh, no. Una, Una needs more time. Una needs six more... Did you hear what he said when he came out? He came out and he literally said, Ceballos needs six months. Ceballos is on loan, firstly. Secondly, then why did you get him? Why did we loan him out if it's going to be six more months of getting used to things? Pepe, I'm fine with, because you can see there's a little spark and we've got time with him. He's contracted to us. But then these, these mercenaries that we're hiring that need six months to figure out the game. We don't have that time. Honestly, Una is speaking as if he's somebody who's going to get a contract extension out of this. Somebody who's going to look at three, four years of building steadily. This is our culture now. Fear is us. Fear, anger, fighting amongst ourselves. While all the while, we are very mediocre. Subpar. That's how, that, that is literally our identity now. We've seen these movies play out. Shaka's not the first one that this happened to. Remember a guy called Mikel Arteta? Who's now a, an assistant to Pep. Remember him? A central midfielder who was asked to become a central defensive midfielder. Who was too slow to win the balls, to tackle, to chase. Finished the game with 96% pass completion from back and forth, back and sideways. Remember him? That's Shaka. We're watching the same movie unfold in front of our eyes again. Just in fast forward. I think. And I have no allegiance to Una. I have no allegiance to any of these players. They need to be performing. But he's going to create heroes and villains. That's going to be the hallmark of Una's time. And we're going to keep having heroes and villains at Arsenal. Stan will stay being a villain. Shaka most probably is going to stay being a villain. Mesut may not kick a ball again for Arsenal. And he'll become a hero. It's just, it's, it's... This is us now. And we can rent and rave as much as we want, but we don't sit on the board and we don't make decisions, so we have to live with it. We'll have to weather the storm, I guess. But nobody is out of the blame. All of us are here to blame. Fans included. And that does it for another episode of the Overthinking Arsenal podcast. Be sure to like, share and subscribe. And I'll see you after the next match day.